assess an event for uh, domestic terrorism nexus, it has to be tied to an ideology. It's the uh, use of force or violence in the uh, furtherance of a political, social ideology or, or event. We haven't tied to that yet. So you're not going to have all the protections that working people need. And then on top of that, you may be looking at a government shutdown in the midst of the most difficult moment in modern American history. It is insane. It is really insane. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Muckrake Podcast. I'm Jared Yates Sexton, here as always with Nick Houseman uh, for the last episode of the Muckrake Podcast of 2020. Mm-hmm. Say goodbye to this just absolute bullshit year. Let us hope. Keep going. I love it. Let us hope that 2021 will be better, kinder, healthier, saner, something. Uh, but before we get to that, unfortunately, uh, we have to deal with some ugly business today. Uh, we're going to talk about the January 6th uh, looming situation. I don't even know what to call it. Uh, before we do that, however, we do have to talk about the uh, bombing in Nashville at 6.30 a.m. Christmas morning. Uh, we have found a, uh, a person of interest. It seems like this is the person who perished with the bombing. Six. 63-year-old Anthony Warner of Tennessee, uh, a really weird situation that apparently injured three people, but a massive uh, RV bomb was set off outside, I think notably, of, uh, of an AT&T building that disrupted telecommunications for a while. Uh, police arrived. There was a weird mechanical computer voice telling people to steer clear. Uh, interspersed with the music, uh, the song Downtown by Petula Clark, a 1964 song. A really weird, bizarre thing. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of things from security people. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Nick, what what do you what do you think when this thing happened? Um, you know, it, it, the worry here is that it, it is some sort of like um, run through, a dry run for something yeah. in theory. But then again, if the guy is going to be in there and kill himself, it could very well just be some insane person. I don't know what to make of it. It kind of feels like a Lost episode from the show Lost, especially because of the Petula Clark, you know, downtown playing. Um, it's it's it, it kind of feels like the end of days. That's what it almost feels like. Where now, these are the beginnings, these are the markings that, you know, I'm sure the Bible talked about an RV blowing up with the, the music playing. But like this, this feels I mean, like... I missed that in Sunday school. Yeah, yeah. It might, you might have not heard it, but... Uh, that's what it kind of feels like. This, like, there, what is going on here is just the the beginning sequence of something insane, and it's it's definitely very concerning. Uh, and I noticed that you didn't call him Anthony Quinn Warner because I feel like we need to always call them by their proper names when they're mass murderers or when they do mass craziness like this, right? Or not? Well. well- uh, as Jared Yates Sexton, ah. I have to say that I'm all for getting rid of the three name identifier part, but that's neither here nor there. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up a couple things there too, which is, you know, when this happened and the details started coming out, and this is important for us to think about this thing with the computerized voice and the Petula Clark downtown song, it feels like a movie or a TV show. And the reason it feels like a movie or a TV show is because we are so steeped in movies and TV shows 
then a lot of the time we try to recreate them in our lives. And and we have a hard time thinking about that as Americans that, you know, we're affected by that stuff. This is one of the reasons, by the way, that we do our Patreon bonus episodes, you know, talking about movies and, and popular culture. I mean, I, I, I think what you're going to find is that this is a person who probably consumed popular culture that led to him trying to behave like he was a member of the popular culture. Right. I mean, like you end up trying to reproduce it. It's like a weird postmodern sort of a moment. I also think, unfortunately, that you're right. I, I don't think it was necessarily that he was part of a group. I've been talking with a lot of security people. They don't seem to think that he was part of a group. And if he was, that it wasn't a terrestrial group, that it was more of like an online sort of conspiracy theory culture. But I think we are going to see more of this. And we've talked about this on the podcast. Like if you tell everyone that the deep state is controlling everything, elections don't matter, there was a, you know, they stole the election or whatever. Meanwhile, if this does turn out to be a 5G related conspiracy theory bombing, well, that's conspiracy theory culture. That's what it leads to. You have to have soldiers and heroes and messiahs who go out and fight the conspiracies. Um, and this is what happens. When people get radicalized, when they get alienated, when they get polarized, all that stuff, this is what happens. Unfortunately, this is what we've been warning people about, and this is where it's going. So, you know, the RV was parked outside AT&T, and it did disrupt a lot of um, services briefly. They seem to got up all back online. But I'm not so sure that listeners are aware of the 5G conspiracy that you just referenced, which you know, is a whole other component of this, which makes QAnon look, well, I guess it's part of probably part of QAnon, but it makes it look like uh, Sunday school. Uh, Do you want to, well, it, it's, so that's the thing is like QAnon has blown up so much that it now just umbrellas yeah. everything, right? If you actually go, there's a really interesting graphic and obviously this is a podcast, so I can't bring it up and show people, but there's this graphic now that shows like the QAnon universe of thought and it's Nick, it's everything from there are invisible alien armadas around the earth to like and, and, and I don't know if you've been following it. I, and and I, I think you you pick fights on Twitter. I go and observe and study right wing extremists. We got to, you know, we got to self-flagellate however we can. And what the, what I'm seeing now is it's like these people are like, oh, it's a direct energy beam weapon. It was actually a missile. Don't believe the hype. It's a conspiracy within a conspiracy within a conspiracy. The 5G. Th do, do you do you want to explain the 5G thing or, or should I? I try? mean, I, I just can remember reading an article about it and how, um, yeah, they're, they're just they, they think it's about like it's killing trees. And there's evidence uh, of this, the 5G network. Uh, I think mind control is really the, the center of it, if I'm not mistaken. Is that even close to being right? Uh, I mean, that's 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 half of it. Uh, so the 5G thing, and, 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 and as we always try and do, like we try and be honest brokers, we try and give information to people. It is important to note the reason why the 5G thing is what it is, is because there's always a nugget of truth to things in conspiracy theories. We don't actually know what Wi-Fi and cellular networks do. You know, every now and then you'll see something pop up that talks about do cell phones cause cancer? Is Wi-Fi, you know, causing sickness? All this stuff. And we don't exactly know, but, you know, we're going full speed ahead, whatever. 
That does not mean that 5G is – a lot of people think it created the coronavirus. A lot of people think that it's just uh, – it's like mind – or brainwashing people. A lot of people think, like you said, it's killing trees. It's making people sterile. It's making people crazy, all this stuff. That is the conspiracy theory that there is this new technology, which, by the way, you know this as well as I do. We've been on this earth long enough. When new technology comes out, a conspiracy theory – is right there with it every time. And it seems like this is probably either adjacent to something like QAnon or it probably is within the umbrella of QAnon is what we're going to find. It's either right next to it or it's within it. it and, and of course, we don't want to be unethical and speculate beyond it, but we do understand that this kind of stuff is what radicalizes and pushes people to do weird shit like this. It is weird that we don't seem to have a missive or a, you know, a tome, uh, you know, I, I was surprised no one went to like maybe his Facebook page and found all this stuff. I was going to look it up, but I just figured someone already would have done that and they would have gotten rid of it. So, you know, I, there's a pattern generally, you know, with, with guys who do this kind of stuff. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, like Timothy McVeigh laid it out where we knew what he stood for uh, when they did that, this whole thing. Uh, and then the fact that he decided to be part of the bombing and, and actually you know, kill himself is the only uh, victim of this uh, is is definitely a little bit different, uh, I think, uh, and and indicates to me in my very amateur uh, analysis would be, you know, somebody who's just mentally unstable. But there is also a big push that this is terrorism. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, it seems like there are some details that are coming through. And this is important to put it in the context. The rumors are that he was terminally ill. And, you know, this is one of the things that you end up finding is one of the reasons why somebody would carry out a suicide attack in, in a terrorist attack is that they simply don't have anything to lose anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Like they're, they're either going to die or they've lost everything or I don't know. They live in a country where they are alienated. They don't have careers and they have nothing to do. So they might as well give up their lives in order to be heroes. Right. Or whatever they think they are. By the way, it's important to point out him him having this thing that tells people that there's a bomb getting ready to go off. He thought he was a hero. You know what I mean? Like that, that is what happens when someone thing and, and, and that's the thing that people don't put their, their, their selves in the shoes of these people. Terrorists think they're heroes. Like they really do. They believe they're doing the right thing. It might seem radical or whatever, but terrorists think that they are heroes. And I'm calling him a terrorist because it's important because he is. And we have a real problem in this country. Really? Do you read any of these headlines? that have been coming out over the past couple of days? Um, I don't know. Let's find out. Oh, Nick, he's he, he obviously he was quiet. Yeah, he I saw those. Himself. Yeah. He was nice, Nick. Yeah, I, unassuming. You know, he, yeah, unassuming, all this stuff, which, by the way, all those things are code words for white. They're white, right? Because one, and, and this is really, really important, and there's a couple of things we can take from this before we even learn all of the particulars. First and foremost, it's why do people do things like this? If they live in an alternate reality, they think they're in an invisible war, they don't think they have any other chances, they have nothing to live for or nothing to lose, and they become radicalized and alienated. But we also need to take a look at the way our culture deals with this. Our media does not want to call white people terrorists. Those are unhinged individuals, right? But if it's a person of color, there's something wrong with that community. 
And we really need to take a look at that community and make sure that they are they are taking, uh, you know, that we have a paternal instinct to try and bring them in or they need to be warred against or police and law enforcement need to take another look at them. It's a it's a really screwed up little system. And I, I think it's pretty indicative of, of where we are and why we can't make things better in this country. Uh, without question, uh, if it's white, then it's a mental illness. And if it's people of color, then it's terrorism generally. Uh, do you feel that that's uh, independent of, or simply unique to the United States, or does it happen in other countries? That's a Western civil civilization type thing. But I will say that white terrorism in America is is its own particular strain. Like, it, white Americans are really afraid of being left behind. You know what I mean? Of anything that could possibly ever change that could possibly take away some of their power or some of their their wealth or their influence. And as a result, it's war. And we have a media that is um, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but the, the media doesn't want to talk about white supremacy. They don't want to talk about past genocides and ethnic cleansings and, and all that stuff. So they're terrified of it. And, and, in, and in fact, these people who don't want to discuss it are actually perpetuating it. You know what I mean? Like they, they could discuss this stuff. They could really get to the core of it and have an honest conversation. Um, but they, 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 they're incapable of it or they're unwilling. And both of those things are damning. Well, what makes you get uh, to the terrorist side of things versus a guy who is, you know, maybe has a, a month to live and um, wants to go out with a, well, a bang? A bang. Well, uh, he, he put his RV, which, by the way, an RV bomb. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, I thought it was a meth lab that had blown up and originally when I first heard it. So, Well, like an RV, like you outfit your RV to blow up. Like if you want to go in, like let's say, for instance, that he wants to take out like a telecommunications infrastructure, right? Which, by the way, in and of itself, that that's terroristic, right? Yeah. It's to cause discord and disarray and, and chaos. But on top of that, it's also the spectacle of it. it we, you know, we, we were talking about this. When was it, Nick, that the white militias were breaking into the Michigan legislature? Was that – what is time? Yeah, that what, was what, August, something like that maybe? That maybe. I, that, was, that was around the time where they were doing the <laughs> Rio America stuff. What a year, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, last, last episode of the year. What a, what a fucking year, Nick. 2021, let's go. Let's go, 2021. <laughs> yeah, we um, – you know, you don't – you don't break into like a legislature with like semi semi automatic weapons and camouflage gear unless you're sending a message, which is do what we want you to do or else. Mm -hmm. And you don't you don't set off a bomb that levels a city block if you're not sending a message. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to take down a telecommunications network, go in and like screw it up or something, or cut some lines. But blowing up, blowing up, and making a giant spectacle of this thing with all the panache that he did, like, yeah. there's a there's an inherent message to it. I, I I agree. I mean, you're right. On top of the thing where he had to somehow you know create this computerized uh, you know uh, voice, and it, I don't know exactly how because it didn't sound like. Unless you can say, hey, Siri, say this. I don't know how we, you could do that. Uh, he had, obviously, big speakers that were mounted. I mean, he had this RV, apparently. The neighbors said he had had it for years and years. This was not like a thing he bought to do this. It was an old, rundown RV. Um, 
So, I mean, I can follow that. That, that makes sense to me that there, it was above and beyond. Because you're right, if it was a guy who was on his last legs and, uh, you know, wanted to end it all, uh, you know, the conventional notion would be, yeah, he would just do it in the privacy of his own home or, or something like that, right? Um, and uh, and not, not that way. So I, I can just thank goodness that nobody else got injured or too badly. And nobody, certainly nobody got killed. Thank God. Thank God. And thank God for these uh, police who took it seriously because I think that there was a little interval, uh, if I'm not mistaken, from the countdown to zero and then it didn't blow up exactly at zero. So there could have been a notion of, oh, it's just another whatever. Uh, so thank God that they did that. And they cleared the area and, uh, and no one got killed. Well, the, the really, really frightening thing, we... We've said this before so many times and, and unfortunately it's like the people, the people in journalism and politics and on social media, which we got to turn these people off. That's one of the things we got to stop paying attention to a lot of these people who are just like, you know, well, we dodged a bullet with Trump. Sure. But you know, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Everything's kosher. Everything's great. In this situation, we absolutely are very lucky a lot of people didn't die. I mean, this was a massive explosion. And thank God that you actually have law enforcement doing their jobs and, and making people safe and taking it seriously. Um, he's going to be held up as a hero. And he's already being held up. Like, for the people who don't think it was a false flag, they think it was, you know, a sa an opening salvo in a giant war. And, and the, the worst that it gets in this country, not just politically, but economically, as both of those things start to decline, you're going to have more people who don't have anything to lose, who believe these conspiracy theories, who probably are active right now on a QAnon board in your neighborhood. You know, the, these things are just going to propagate. And, and unfortunately, this is true. They spread. You know, when, when, when you actually – and that's part of the act of terrorism is you have, you have an incident that inspires other people to carry out their own plans and their own agendas. And if you have a country that is a failing state, like America right now is a failing state, unfortunately, you see more and more of these but, things. But Jared, the stock market, it's breaking records again. It's doing so well. We're not we're not a failing state. We don't have a, a bad economy. Come on. Yeah, everything's fine. I mean, just go. Everybody's operating like gangbusters. Yeah. Uh, unemployment is is getting back. Uh, you know, we're getting gaining jobs every month. Um, you know, I, I can hear that's the voice. You can hear uh, fucking Marco Rubio say or Dan Crenshaw, you know, and they're very measured. Uh, you know, you don't understand, Jared, that it's very complicated how econ economics work. But we've generated all these jobs and record low unemployment for different um, you know, races. And it really is a great place we're in right now. Yeah. It doesn't it feel great. I mean, what a, what a successful 2020, everyone. Yeah, we uh, yeah. we really we really uh, kicked COVID's ass and kept the economy going. Like, I mean, what a what a great moment! What kind of economy do we live in where even President Trump, who has never cared about anybody else, wants to give people more money because he realized the stimulus wasn't enough? Right now, for whatever reason, we talked about this before his motivation, but like at least he's right on the merits of like of the argument of it. And, uh, you know, if we really were doing that well, then we wouldn't be sitting here talking about bailouts and having to, uh, you know, give people money so that they don't starve uh, during the holidays. It's it's insane. I, I one of the things that I one of the very, very few things that I appreciate about Donald Trump. And by the way, R.I.P. to the Trump administration, pour one out for for just a real one, just you know, good, I'm, good luck, asshole. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to refer to him as President Trump. I hadn't. Re, I don't ever do that. And I it slipped out. 
Well, I, I think, thank God this thing, and we got to talk in a minute about, you know, uh, there's still an opportunity here to pull off a coup, which I don't think people are actually taking seriously. Uh, but you know, one of the things that I actually do appreciate about Trump is what he's really good at is understanding where both parties and the political structure, where they lie. You know what I mean? Where they, they just, where they don't come through on what they're saying and where they're not actually taking care of people. And it's not like he intends to help people. He just knows where they don't intend to help people and he can seem good, right? That's why he was, that's why one of the reasons he became the Republican nominee is he came out and he's like, oh, these other Repo- Republicans are lying sacks of shit. Like, I'll, I'll do what they're, what they pretend that they'll do. This $2,000 thing, he never intended to make this thing happen. But almost immediately, and this is the the really important thing about Trump, is the mask always drops with Trump because he's like, give the people more money. And both parties were like, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, 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 I don't know. You want the government to, I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, but it, it, it just becomes clear that there's a consensus economically, which is important. And it gets worse because he signs the bill and then he says he's going to do a line item veto of the bill that he just signed. That would is, take work, Nick. Yes, but it's out of order. <laughs> you don't sign the bill and then decide to like scratch things out as you want to do. I mean, he's he and I think that he doesn't understand. That. I mean, it's he's clearly displayed a real lack of understanding of government as it is anyway. But um, I, I think because a lot of it's bluster and he wants to just sort of yep. whip up the people who are listening. Yep. But I honestly think that there are very fundamental things he doesn't understand and cannot understand. And then this one might very well be one of them. And by the way, and in, 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 I've said this before on the podcast, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't say it. Nick's ability to set the table for a perfect transition on topics is one of the most underrated abilities in all of podcasting because it's important to point out that Trump's inability to understand how government and power actually work might be the only thing that keeps us from oblivion at this moment. Not that it won't happen in the future. Like go back to what we've talked about before, which is that the fact that the president of the fucking United States of America floated the idea of a military coup in order to overturn the election and hold on to power. Here's the thing, Nick. He asked it as a question. He was like, could we do that and then someone's like no no we should not do that (laughs) instead of i want you to do this those are different things right like whether how trump approached it we were talking before we started broadcasting um january 6th which is when uh the the senate certifies the electoral college is this really ugly looming moment that it it shouldn't keep you awake at night, but it should probably make you wake up in the middle of the night worrying a little bit, to be frank. The fact is that Trump, somebody has told Trump that this could be a moment that something could happen. And it's obvious that he thinks something will happen on January 6th, but he would have to work to make it happen, Nick. He would have to study it. He would have to talk to people. He would have to plan. He can't do that. He's not interested in doing that. He's not like that line item veto you were talking about. He he has no idea how to do a line item veto. He would have to ask somebody how to be, how to be president, and that's that's just not going to happen. But but what, the, the failing of his brain is he can't do it anyway. He doesn't have the capacity to retain that in kind of information right. and detail. So that's also the big part of it. So they can't brief the guy because he doesn't. He's not smart enough. 
you know, whatever, however you want to approach that, uh, to, to retain this information as it is. And that's why he's, he, he can't ever concentrate for more than a few minutes. And then he just, you know, gets upset and starts yelling and all these things. So there's no question that there's, there's a real concern here for what's going to happen in this archaic, um, you know, method of, of certifying the votes that had not even been glanced at probably in the constitution for hundreds of years until now, because, we have to remember that there are people behind Trump that are smart and are diabolical and have been doing some certain things that Trump never would have thought of, but he might have a, a, a dismissive like, we need to disrupt this election. You figure it out and then come in you know, whatever. Yep. And so these guys go back and they study these things like the post office. If we can, you know, yep. muck with that, that'll really cause havoc and we can uh, shed doubt on the uh, on the elections. By the way, Merry Christmas, everybody who had to deal with shipping disruptions because the president of the United States of fucking America tried to steal the election. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, by the way, all you, not just that. This is actually the. The, 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 the chef's kiss of it all. For all of you people who could not be with your family because Donald Trump couldn't bring himself and didn't, couldn't, couldn't make himself care to fight the pandemic while you tried to send presents to your family that didn't get there for Christmas because the president of the United States haphazardly, sloppily tried to steal an election. Like yes. that's, 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 that's legitimately that's all the stuff. Now, so here's what's happening. I actually dug up the Constitution. You know, it was a bit of a national treasure. Wait, did you steal the Constitution? <laughs> yeah. You and Nick Cage. Uh, did by you the way, like Mission Impossible. Are there better movies than those? Than those? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> those they may be the best movies of all time. I swear to God. The national treasure movies. The one of the, at least the one of them where he's driving and he wants to throw away the map, but he holds it up and he runs the red light, so the red light camera gets the picture of the map, and then he dis- gets rid of it. And then he has his buddy hack into the system to get the picture of him speaking. That's just that's genius to me. You know, that's that's not like this Wonder Woman eighty four that no one should ever get close to watching. Please do wow. not waste your time. Uh, but nonetheless, I got Hot my hands on. It. I got my hands on. A, oh, you watched? Did you watch Wonder Woman? No, okay. I, I I I don't participate in comic book culture anymore. Okay, well, don't wait. Yeah, the first one was great, by the way. Second one, not okay. worth it. Now. Uh, so I got my hands on the Constitution. I'm, I was trying to study this, and we might need a scholar to come on because, again, the language is archaic and it's vague and not always easy to focus. But let's just—you know—we can walk people through a little bit of what the uh, uh, the the process is because it's interesting. Yeah. Before before we before you walk the people through, and 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 I think that's an important thing to to let people understand. First things first, and and and. This is something that I truly and honestly believe, and and it isn't. I'm not. This isn't a hot take. The Constitution is so outdated and so messed up. And 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 I'm not saying this to be controversial. The founding fathers failed in a lot of ways. Their political imagination was so limited. They thought that white wealthy men would be perfect repositories for power, and that if they could just create a government that served white wealthy men and 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 kept the 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 rabble from revolting everything would be fine and matter of fact we have to point out that the electoral college which has created this scenario was a backstop this situation that you're getting ready to outline for our listeners is a backstop it's it's a break in case of fire 
type situation, which is if the people who, by the way, they thought were stupid and irresponsible and shouldn't be anywhere near the presidency in terms of electing it, if they messed up on the vote, they could just break the glass and they would take care of it. Right. And now, now we have to sit here on our asses and be like, God, I hope that this arcane thing doesn't come through. Number two, very, very quickly. I just, I, I, I firmly and honestly believe that the constitution needs either rewritten as a whole or needs to be radically changed in a lot of different ways. And this thing right here, this archaic shit that we're getting ready to talk about is one of the reasons why. And I wouldn't even have to go so far as saying we have to change anything. I just think it needs to be updated, the language, to how we speak today so that it's clear and understandable what they were even trying to say back then. You know, obviously oh, getting into Antonin Scalia territory. Oh, yes, I mean that's, that's a dangerous. We're thing. speeding that's toward the Second Amendment there. like a bullet. Yeah, um, that's right. Now, but so so you read this thing, and you know it's interesting because, and and please jump in here because I want to make sure I get it perfectly right, and I'm I don't know if that's going to be possible, but you know, so you know, back in, you know for all these time, all this time, the electors would come and they would present the votes. And yet, by the way, you're supposed to certified mail uh, your the votes. This is what it says in there. By certified mail, you're supposed to send them in to like the three different places: the the president of the Senate, which is the vice president of the United States, and then the uh, the, the speaker of the it's House. Important, it's important to point out that this entire situation is set up and was created at a time where, while these votes were being sent in, there were people dying of dysentery. They there was like a three month period of trying to ride your horse into the capital. You know, you probably had a couple of duels on your way in. You had to <laughs> right. fight a bar. You know, like th th this is like the shit that people were dealing with back then. But yeah, absolutely. So okay, so normally they'd open up the, the envelopes and they go A through Z on the states and they'd say, okay, this is who they pick. This is who they pick. And are you keeping the tally? Great. Okay, who's gets the most votes? Great. This is who's president. That's who's vice president. Doom. We're done. It's easy, right? Uh, but there is a, a clause in there or a, a caveat that allows for an objection to yep. this process. And it has to be that uh, one member of the House and one member of the Senate together have to, in writing, submit an objection. Yep. Now, we already know that Matt Gates and Nestor had decided that they're going to be the ones who uh, – that he's going to be the one to um, – to, to sign on the House side, I believe I heard him say it. I I think we got to send him there. Is it Ron Johnson? Is it going to be Thune? So is it? no, I I know, the only one that I know for sure is uh, that incredible incoming lion of the Senate, Tommy Tuberville, ah. has basically. And and it turns out, and this is such a nice thing. It turns out that he could very well cost his state and his constituents a ton of money and jobs. By doing this, like it, 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 it's just it's 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 Republican Party 101. It's amazing. OK, um, yeah. so, you know, so as a result, if this objection comes in, then Mike Pence, the uh, the president of the Senate, will say, OK, you got to go to your respective houses and yep. powwow for two hours and no longer than two hours. In fact, I think you have to take the two hours, but you, but you can't go longer than two hours. Again, this is hilarious. Like, they're just coming up with shit. Oh, by the way, do you know what time they're supposed to meet? It's very – it's interesting because a lot of this thing is it's the first Wednesday after the second Monday of every whatever. But this one gives a hard and fast date, January 6th. No matter if it's a Sunday or if it's a Wednesday, it doesn't matter. And it says 1 p.m. And, I, you know, I'm just reading into this because I'm like, this is interesting. Why wouldn't it be 
9 or 10 a.m., right? First you thing in the morning. You want to get it wrapped up to go drink. Yeah, right, right. No, so, literally, you want that. that is a big part of it is they want to get the business wrapped up so that the gentleman's club can go out and gentleman's club. Yes. I mean, that that's, that's a big thing is it used to be we'll take care of the rabble and then we'll go do this. Real important, though. A couple things you just said, and, and, and you just nailed exactly how this thing is supposed to go. I love these articles. There's one I, I read the other day, which is like, yeah, the Republicans are going to try and steal the election, but it won't work. Well, first of all, awesome. <laughs> Great. I, I'm just glad that we know that one of our major parties is going to try and steal the election. And everyone's just like, ah, I mean, what are you going to do? That's what happens. But then all of a sudden it's like. Yeah, and then they go and they have, you know, their 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 meetings where they try and talk about this thing. And it's like, well, it'll be a limited meeting and then we'll get done. And it's like, will it? W- w- will it? Because I know that the House is going to have that. You're telling me the Senate is going to go and, and – because last time you told me not to worry about the process – Mitch McConnell was holding up a Supreme Court pick. And people are like, don't worry, it's just bluster, it's just putting on or whatever. We don't have a clue what's going to happen. Oh, We don't have a clue what these people are willing to do. Everything we're talking about are social constructs that are only as good as our abilities to defend them. And the Democrats aren't willing to defend them. They're not good at it. We as a culture aren't good at defending them. God knows what Trump thinks is going to happen. By the way, God- what— more recently, I'm not so sure we would have predicted that the, the Senate would have in an impeachment trial no witnesses and have a sham of a trial. We would have thought at least they'd call like a couple of witnesses. Even if it was friendly to them, they'd call them and have them speak, right? So you're right. We don't really don't know what they're going to do. And, I, and I, wanna, I, I, I would like to, uh, if it pleases the Muckrake court, I, I would like to, to enter into evidence. Um, this was a Twitter thread that was posted by Rasmussen. Who, for, for those of you who aren't aware, Rasmussen is one of – it's a rightward-leaning polling leaning? group. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be fair. They're, they're a rightward polling institution. But they are included in the major counts. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're still a quote-unquote respected polling institution. At least they were until yesterday, and they just <laughs> decided to get wild. So yesterday, Rasmussen on, on, on Twitter, and this is amazing. They, this is a Twitter thread. Tweet one, come January 6th, what we're talking about, the day to certify the Electoral College. Come January 6th. Then there's a quote, Nick, uh, I don't know if you've seen this. I'm going to read the quote, and then I'm going to give you the the uh, the attributed speaker of said quote. Those who cast the votes decide nothing. Those who count the votes decide everything. I mean, it sounds profound, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... Go ahead. <laughs> that is none other than Joseph... Stalin! Joseph! Stalin! I know. I it's hard to believe, huh? Then they say <laughs> that was good. That was that was good. I was not expecting that. Then it says, come January 6, 2021, Vice President Mike Pence will be presented with the sealed certificates containing the ballots of the presidential electors. At that real fast, by the way, Nick, Joseph Stalin, pretty I mean didn't really do anything bad as a leader, did he? In 
when I was in high school, I, I had to do a debate. And the, the, the title of the debate was, was it justified, was Stalin justified in murdering 40 million of his countrymen in Russia? Tens of millions of people. He also instituted purges. He also instituted secret police. I mean, I mean, uh, the fact that they even thought that this was appropriate is incredible. Then they say, in the second tweet, this is where it gets even spicier. At that moment, the presidency will be in his hands. Mike Pence. Right. The presidency will be in his hands. And there is nothing stopping Pence under the plenary and unappealable authority vested in him as president of the Senate from declining to open and count the certificates from the six disputed states. Yes, that there is a lot that requires him to do that. <laughs> That's the problem in the, in the Constitution. It then says... If they are, as more than 70% of Republicans believe, certificates from non-electors appointed via voter fraud, why should he open and count them? Now, this is where the Constitution gets, you know, discusses this because what they refer to are as long as the electors were duly appointed properly, whatever they present needs to be accepted, right? That's sort of what I get out of reading this. But that is... Yeah. That, but that, but I just want to point out. I don't think that's. I, I, I think they're. I think they're wrong. Except for what they're doing is they're breaking not just norms, mm -hmm. but good faith. Right. right. They're saying hold the government hostage and see what happens. They're floating that. They're floating that. They're putting that. They're just. I, we're just raising it up the flagpole and seeing who salutes. No one ever does. Mm -hmm. That's that's what they're trying to do. That's Rasmussen. But by the way, let's just say it's it's pretty clear he can't do that, but he does it. Who is supposed to be the one who's going to enforce the Constitution? Mitch McConnell? Like that this is you're right. This right. is a little bit of a scary thing here, but it gets even more convoluted because you know they wanted other electors chosen who were then going to give, you know, yep. Pennsylvania to Trump. So they might argue that it's those people they wanted chosen because of what you said, because it's a disputed election, that should be the rightful representatives of those yep. states. So this is where it gets a little scary if they're yep. going to try in good, quote unquote, good faith to argue that. And if anyone would ever listen to that, I don't think that they would, but this is where it gets scary. Now, the other thing is both the houses have to agree on these objections for the vice president to do anything about the objection. So imagine a scenario where it doesn't really fit right now, but th thank God, because it's, you know, the house is pretty mar pretty thin as far as that margin for uh, the Democrats. But imagine if it was a Democratic president who wins, but the house and the Senate were Republican and we're going to stay Republican. They could take the election away from him. They yes. literally could in this scenario. And it would be completely and utterly legal. Why? Would any Republican presidential candidate for the rest of modern history ever concede an election? Why? Why would any of them? Why? Just say that it was stolen. That's it. That's a norm now is to not concede an election. I don't know if you saw it before we got on here. Trump just posted a, a, what appears to be a campaign video. Like... It's December 28th as we're taping this. There's no reason for anyone to do that. The Republican Party is not going to win a popular vote for a presidency uh, probably for a while. Right. Like that's not going to happen in its current configuration. Um, it looks like 
as long as it's someone like Trump, that they're not going to win the Electoral College again unless they find somebody who's able to improve on Trump. Why would they ever participate in good faith politics again? And all of these institutions we have, it's exactly what we've talked about now for months. The good faith of it, the norms and the laws and the Constitution, they only work if people participate in them and abide by them. If people stop, it's over. There's nothing else to do. Goodbye. Go home. You win nothing. Which is why we need to abolish the Electoral College. It has to go away. And we need to rewrite at least this section that I went through, uh, Article 15 of Chapter whatever. I don't even know how you look at this. 3 USC Chapter 1. Um, you, they have to redo this whole thing. <laughs> because again, it, and when you said in the beginning, I mentioned it, is it, it reeks of this good old boy. Uh, don't you worry, we're going to take care of how this is supposed to go, kind of thing. This is a, this is it's, we've been a banana republic the whole time, and no one's yep. realized it, because no one's quite acted on it. But again, it's like I, it, you know, what happens if Trump won't leave the White House, and we've kind of discussed that. Well, you know, who is the police ultimately? Who are the people that are supposed to do this and have the power to enact what it says in the Constitution? Because again, if Trump wants to shit on some of these things, uh, it's going to be really fascinating and perhaps very troublesome to get these people to actually do what is re required of them, and and then and then what? And then it's a civil war. So uh, a couple of things here, because you're dead on right about all that. And that's the important thing. Um, one of the things, one of my, um, uh, what, do you, what do you call it, Nick? It's the new year you have thoughts. Uh, uh, yeah, resolutions. Resolutions. It's, it's not like I'm a liberal arts professor and teach writing. Uh, resolutions. One of my resolutions in, in what we are doing and what I'm doing in terms of political analysis is in 2021, particularly as we are staring over a cliff and we're looking at the possible abyss of what could be coming down the pike if we don't fix this shit, uh, I'm going to be focusing more on not just diagnosing but also solutions. Like things that could be done, whether or not they're going to actually happen or not, but actual thoughts. I want to germinate seeds of ideas and invention is what I want to do. Well, I'll tell you what. You want to get rid of the Electoral College? I'll tell you how you do it. Trump has already given us the beginnings of a plan. People have populistic anger. They're tired of elites and powerful and wealthy people. It just so happens that Trump gave them somewhere to throw their anger. Right. So I'll tell you what, let's use the bully pulpit. And while we're getting rid of the Electoral College, let's sneak some shit into the Constitution that guarantees people jobs, houses, health care, education. Let's say that we're having a people's revolution and we're going to do it the right way. You know what I mean? Like, let's just start packing this shit together. And, and, and actually, that reflects really closely what happened with the progressive movement at the turn of the 20th century. That's how we got direct election of senators. That's how we got suffrage. Like, just lean into that shit. Let's clean house. Let's make this thing better. Well, it's funny because, you know, I can, I'm picturing like a mob of lefties and a mob of right wing people screaming at each other from across the street. But at some point, someone on the left side is going to say, and, you know, we, this Constitution is full, full of shit. And the other person on the right is going to be like, yeah, you're right. It is. We have to rewrite this. And you're like, what? And then, wait, what? And then all of a sudden they realize that we kind of want the same thing. We've always <laughs> been on the same side. It just so happens that the nationalism and the racism and the misogyny 
keeps us from having a conversation because they're 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 very prone to fascistic ideas. But if we can start to realize that the people up here don't give a fuck, which by the way, I think the pandemic has helped people along on that. Like I I, I don't know about you, by the way, it's a, it, again, it's our last show of 2020. I have been moved so far left this year. <laughs> like, I never expected to be here where I'm at in December of 2020. I have moved so far left in all of this, and it didn't hurt watching corporations and the wealthy not just be fine with hundreds of thousands of people dying, but they're just like, shovel them into the maw, man. Throw them in. Just do it. And I was just like, you know what? Fine. I recognize who these people are. I'm done with this shit. We, that populist streak can be good. Now, here's the irony. I couldn't get this to play it exactly when I wanted to because guess what? YouTube put an ad on before this. Right. Guess who the ad was for? Kelly McDonald's. Lockhart. Oh, McDonald's. <laughs> So I missed my it's beauty, right. you know, you with a perfect it. accompaniment for that, for your Turn description. It up. No, this is, this is how we say goodbye to 2020. <laughs> yes. Well. Com- comrade, I, I, I hope there are quarter pounders to come. Yes. Well, you are absolutely right. And, um, and I think that, you know, what you had said is probably the most cl- the clarity I've heard in our year and a half of doing this is, is it's the misogyny and the racism. And I, I think it's a nationalism that really just gets in the way of, of what we what we can actually agree on, which might not be a lot of things, but there's enough things I think that we could agree on if we couldn't if we didn't have to deal with those three things. The misogyny and the racism and nationalism, and lately the fasci- fascism, which is all that stuff brought together, um, it's just a way to keep people from actually talking about what's wrong. You know what I mean? It does. It's and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, you want to know who's to blame? It's people of color and women and people out there. And it's like, no, it's not. We've been plundered by a ruling elite class. And I'm glad that you said this a while ago. That it it's almost like from the very beginning, it, it was it was this coup. It absolutely was. We had a bunch of white wealthy men who got in a room and decided how to rig everything in their favor. And now it's becoming more and more obvious, which is what happened with them. They looked at the monarchy and they said, this thing is a sham. Why are we sending all of our money and our resources to England? We can do something different. Well, guess what? This car is running out of gas. Let's let's put some different gas in it. Let's By the way, and that argument that really was uh, took hold in 17, whatever, in the 1700s, uh, it's the same argument you kind of hear about China now, Right. We're sending everything to China. They're taking advantage of us here. And, and it's like it's kind of interesting how they're, they're, they're using the same kind of rhetoric uh, to try and stir something up. I don't even know what that is. but uh, Oh, that's the future, Nick. Yeah. That is – listen, I – did you ever um, – I, sometimes I forget that there's a little bit of an age difference with us. Did you ever get the weekly reader when you were in school? Um, the weekly reader. I think – no, well, yeah. The, well, what is it? Tell, tell me what it was. It was like the little magazine when you were in elementary school. Oh, no. Like, no, I thought you meant like, no, I don't know what that is. Okay. The Weekly Reader was like a little magazine. It had like some current events in it and stuff like that. And you'd get it every couple of months or something like that. Dude, I was in elementary school and like there was like this one article. I'll never forget it. It was like 
there is almost certainly a war that will happen between the United States and China at some point. Or oh. there, eventually in 20, it probably said like 2022 in my mind, right? It was like there will be an economic showdown between the two eventually. That's where we're going. We've always been going there. And it was it's important to point out that Trump carried out this trade war with China while trying to get them to help our farmers mm -hmm. in order to get himself reelected. But it does, I have to tell you that the Democratic Party had a couple of days there where they were like, the real problem is China and how they dealt with the coronavirus. And Trump wasn't hard enough on China. Like, that's absolutely. And, and what you have is internal frictions are always redirected outward. And that's what we're going to be looking at over the next couple of years if we don't fix our shit. We have to fix ourselves internally or else that fascism and nationalism is going to lead us down some really ugly paths. Oh. <laughs> That's a nice way to enjoy So, or we just don't worry and we're just happy and we just continue consuming. We, By the way, I'm just, what another natural transition. We've uh, we've we've recorded the audio documentary. It's it's in the can. It is. It's in the can. All that's left is some editing. Letting everyone know uh, the the audio documentary series. It's going to be a four part thing that we're calling a certain route to failure. First episode of Crisis of Confidence in the can. Editing is going on. Nick, who is uh, just tireless in all things, in all things tireless through rain, sleep, thunderclaps. All of it. Oh, yeah. Just just absolutely getting after this thing. Uh, a, a quick notice that if you are a patron over at patreon.com slash podcast, we're going to give it to uh, our patrons first, a couple days early. We'll, we'll release it after that to the audience at large. But if you want to get ahead and uh, listen to that when it first comes out, I think it's going to be special. I'm really excited about this thing. Oh, yeah. It's it's coming out. It came out great in this the raw version of uh, recording it. So I can't wait to sweeten it up. Yeah, and, and again, this is uh, this is all about where this country has gone wrong. It's going to have history. It's going to be entertaining. I think it's going to sound really good. So that is patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to get an early version of that in order to sate your interest, hold you over. In the meantime, everybody, uh, we are not going to have a New Year's Day episode. This is the last one for 2020. We're going to come back. Uh, like I said, I'm rededicated to the idea of coming up with solutions, not just diagnosing the problem. Um, you know, we've built up a really cool thing on this podcast, a really nice community uh, that takes care of each other and supports one another. I want to figure out where to put this energy. I want to figure out how to make this thing better. I, I, I want 2021 to be better. How do you feel? You want, you want it to be better. Yeah, I just know it won't be better for another couple months, but then I feel like uh, it will be once we get through the... I wanna, uh, I, well, by the way, here's yeah. the thing is Christmas is going to be a problem for another month and a half because everyone's going to be interacting or whatever. And then um, sure. just had that. And now then, then you know, Mardi Gras comes up. Something keeps coming up that we have that we, you know, is going to screw well, up everything for everybody problem, else. Has a holiday every month. Yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. problem. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday day is going to become a spreader event. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. It's like, well, you know, I really do care about people, but it's it's St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go with my bros in in Chicago for St. Patrick's Day. Well, we hope you all stay safe for New Year's Eve. Uh, here's to 2021. Fuck 2020. Fuck 2020.
I, 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 I'm sorry to be controversial. I can go away. Terrible, terrible year. There's been some good stuff here and there. I want to celebrate the good stuff. Let the bad stuff slip away. We will come back in 2021. Uh, do not, do not fool yourself. We're going to, we're going to come back and do this thing the right way in 2021. So if you need us until then, uh, no, no emergency podcast. I'll just go ahead and knock on some wood over here. No emergency podcast. Uh, until then, you can find Nick. Can you hear me? SMH. You can find me at JY Sexton. Everybody stay safe. Everybody stay safe.